New Year's Eve. This is the SBP Podcast, The Voice of Mobile Film. Episode 11 is the last one of the year. And I am your host, Susie Botello. Happy New Year to the world. We did something special for this podcast. We went to a local coffee shop in San Diego, and we invited our friend Aaron. He's the co-host of the Hall H Show podcast to end the first year of our podcast. Instead of explaining his role with mobile filmmaking, we'll just begin our discussion. Hi, how is everybody doing? We're over here at Les Stats Coffee and Tea uh, here in San Diego. Uh, it's really nice and loud in here. Um, we're live. No, we're not. <laughs> but we're alive. <laughs> um, I'm here with, uh, it, this is really exciting for me. This is the person that uh, sort of inspired me to start my own podcast. Uh, this is Aaron Nabus. Is it, did I pronounce it right? Uh, yeah, it sort of rhymes with caboose. So, yeah, caboose. That's, that's pretty good. Nabus. <laughs> uh, I've never actually said his last name. Um, and Aaron is the co host of the Hall H Show podcast. Uh, that's hallh.com, uh, which is not affiliated, connected, or associated with Comic Con International. <laughs> no, it's Got not. Got that, that from the footer of your <laughs> website. Um, Aaron and his co host, Alex Benedicto, uh, interviewed me. Uh, Back uh, in November yeah. of 2016, mm-hmm. I remember it was right after the elections. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the global elections for president of the United States. Um, and, um, and then he uh, also interviewed me right before our film festival um, this last year also with uh, some of the filmmakers. And uh, But I'll let him share... Uh, who he is and what his podcast is about and everything, and then we'll go into why he's why I'm interviewing him. <laughs> hey, everybody in uh, SBP Podcast Land, uh, thanks for having me, Susie. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, uh, the Hall Eight Show podcast. You know how you are the voice of uh, mobile movies, mobile phones, mobile mobile phone. Uh, mobile films, mobile films. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the voice of mobile films. We are the voice of uh, Artist Alley. At, at conventions, and um, I'm a, I can kind of consider myself a uh, an artist alley evangelist. So basically, what that means is when you go to say San Diego Comic Con, for instance, it's such a huge, like monster of an event. Yeah. You know, it's it's probably the the top, you know, pop culture destination when it comes to conventions. And I, that's where we met. Is yes. it, it was like two peas in a pod type right. thing, right? So, yeah. Well, we'll go back to that when we, yeah. f- when we first met. But basically, uh, when it comes to the Hall H show, when I was a kid, well, when, when both my co-host Alex and I were kids, uh, when we would, we would go to Comic-Con, it would be all about comic books and artists, the creators. Did you guys know each other back then, too, when you were no, kids? No, oh, just, no, no. We, we, we met in college. Oh, cool. Kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess you're still kids back then, but... Uh, like my first comic convention or San Diego Comic Con was back in like maybe 1995. His was probably earlier, maybe in the earlier 90s, like maybe 90, 
90 or so. Yeah. Wow. So, and he would sneak in, you know. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was that small. You, you know, you can just sneak in. But it's, it's so different, you know, to, compared to uh, today. Yeah. Um, so when we were kids, it was all about the, the creators and the comic books. Obviously now, with the, uh, uh, the influence of Hollywood, like, you know, if anybody's, you know, alive right now, they know that Marvel and DC are making movies now. Uh, and so it's all about, you know, which is expected. You know, when Jack Kirby, uh, Jack Kirby's a, he, Jack Kirby, you know, if, if, you're, if, if you think of Marvel, you think of Stan Lee. Mm. You know, people, that's what people automatically think about. But there's also Jack Kirby. And there's some people, uh, like my friend Arlen Schumer. Arlen Schumer is a, uh, uh, he's a big comic book historian, especially when it comes to Silver Age comic books. Yeah. Uh, he would say that pretty much uh, just, just take Stanley out of the equation, and it's all about Jack Kirby. Oh. You know, Jack Kirby's the main creator when it comes to Marvel. Uh, so, but a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Well, so, I always thought Stan Lee, yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, and, and especially this year. This, this year specifically is Jack Kirby's centennial. So there's, there's a lot of celebration out there for, to, to celebrate Jack Kirby's life. Wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I implore your audience to look up Jack Kirby. Uh, but seeing as how the shift in comic conventions, the attention has gone to the, to the blockbuster mainstream type, you know, events, movies, television, um, for us, you know, when you when you start up a podcast or a blog, you sort of have to find your own your own your own niche, yeah. you know, uh, because you don't want to be like everybody else out there, right? Right. So when we, when Alex and I first thought about you know, because uh, because I was working up in Orange County doing the doing the whole corporate thing, right? So when I moved back down to San Diego, we were hanging out more more often, just yeah. to you know, uh, uh, I can say uh, shoot the blank but uh <laughs> you know just just to hang out well, and you catch had up. a lot in common with the comics that you yeah, had yeah yeah so uh so we would meet up and just just you know catch up on things and uh and then he told me that oh you know what i have hallh.com and for those of you know or your audience who are familiar with san Diego comic-con hall h is where they sort of uh Showcase all the exclusive all the ex- content. Yeah. And everything, yeah. Uh, like, like when you know, uh, when Avengers has a new movie come out, they they have all the actors come out and they have a panel at Hall H because that's the biggest, uh, you know, uh, exhibit hall. Basically, yeah. they can they can house like six thousand people. So, uh, they that's where that's where the reputation of Hall H comes from. It's from these big events of uh, of San Diego Comic Con showing the exclusive content before anywhere anywhere you know. Yeah. Uh, so the longest lines are for holidays. exactly you have you have people camping out for days. Yeah, especially you know? this year. Yeah, so uh, we kind of thought I, I kind of thought, whoa, you have holidays.com? You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, there's no way that we can compete with uh, Collider or Nerdist. You know, so we kind of thought, you know what, we're gonna t- we're gonna use the notoriety that Hollage is known for. We're gonna flip the script. Yeah. You know, we're gonna be disruptors, and. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put the focus back on uh, on the artists, the creatives. So our focus is Artist Alley. Wow. So that, yeah. that, that's that's what we've been uh, doing for the past uh, three years since 2014, and we're starting to get a reputation as uh, supporters for for independent creators. Yeah, so. I believe the future, the the trendiest future, is around artists, in you know, not just in comics and things like that, but mm-hmm. also art itself. 
and any movies, the independent filmmakers, right. they're, they're the artists. And, and when we say artists, you know, yeah. it's, it's a general term. It's not just illustrators. Of course. And it's, and it's one reason why we have, we've had you on, on the show a few times yeah. is because uh, we love the creative spirit that you bring, uh, especially from the independent creator standpoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we celebrate that. Well, yeah, and in mobile film, uh, it's so new, it, you know, and like what I was telling you, I think in one of your podcasts, too, that it's creating its own genre because, well, I mean, it is a disruptor mm-hmm. in the industry uh, in itself. And so there are people experimenting with what you can do. And then you have virtual reality and AR coming out, the 360 and all these things that people are using for movies. But those ideas are really being experimented with more with uh, the smartphone filmmakers in that in that community of uh, independent filmmakers in general where they're willing to try out new things you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's where the art comes in and there's a connection there's no way there's no connection we were actually uh, looking for more cosplayers to make movies you know, and more superhero movies, you know, on the mobile phones. I think I'm going to have right. to create a new category just to give that push in our film festival for That'd that. Interesting idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, we had, as a matter of fact, when you came to our film festival, um, you know, when we talked before that, because, uh, see, Aaron played a part in our film festival he was the media guy. <laughs> he was Mr. Social Media there connecting um, the festival with our uh, Facebook page. And um, he was posting all the photos and everything. And so we were talking about doing that, and I mentioned to him some ideas about including cosplayers into our film festival. And then share what happened, who you brought. Oh, uh, one of uh, my friends, uh, Tracy, uh, she, her, she goes by Hot Nerd Girl <laughs> online. Uh, uh, we've, we've known each other for a few years, and uh, she's based out here in San Diego. And uh, I kind of thought it would be awesome if uh, uh, she could like, come cosplay with her, her cosplay group, uh, Star Wars Steampunk Universe. Uh, because I, th- you know, we, I thought that'd be such an awesome sight to see on the red carpet for, for, Susie's, for, for, your, for your event. Yeah. And it was. I mean, it, it was It was. So it was. Awesome. It was yeah. such a treat, you know. And then uh, we sort of choreographed it there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, we had, I think it was like nine or ten, I can't remember how many filmmakers now that came out. And so there was like practically one, one cosplayer from that group that was able to attend that we could uh, match up with each one of the filmmakers, so they each escorted a filmmaker on the on the red carpet. So thanks again to Tracy and uh, Star Wars Team Point Universe. Almost oh, definitely, they rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, what I wanted to, you know, we have a little bit of a theme today because this is our year's end uh, podcast. Uh, this is not our last podcast, but we're saving this one for the for the year end, basically. I can't believe a whole year has passed by already. Well, I know, right? It's amazing. Uh, share a little bit about how we met. Oh, I believe it was uh, 2016. 16. It was uh, Comic- San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, I was looking at the program, and I noticed that there was a panel at San Diego Comic-Con about making a movie on your smartphone. And I was like, wow, that is amazing because 
I remember, uh, for those of you who watched uh, the TV show House, I think we talked about this on a previous podcast. Uh, I remember that they had made a, f- a few episodes with the uh, uh, the Canon, uh, the 5D Mark II, I believe. So uh, the fact that you can start, that, like the technology has caught up uh, to enable smartphones to do, you know, uh, 1080 or, and, and now, you know, 4K. 4K, it's like amazing. So, and I think... I think smartphones are a way, an awesome way uh, to globally get people, you know, connected. You know, because the, the barrier to entry is, is that much, uh, it's less. You know, it's, it's uh, just uh, coincidentally, I remember I was talking to my friend and we were just, we had a podcast down at the San Diego Library. And you know how there's a there's a homeless population over there down there, right? The one downtown. Yeah, downtown. Yeah. And I had we were driving, and I had remarked, "Oh, it's interesting. It's weird. There's there's some uh, uh, homeless community, and some of them were on a smartphone." Oh yeah. And I was like, you know, it's it's just a weird juxtaposition, you know. You just you just don't really think about it. And just I, a long time ago, I I met this. Uh, he was. I mean, he was around 20 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And this was back when I was starting my film festival. And I was recruiting filmmakers <laughs> off the street, practically. And um, I actually came back uh, with an old uh, iPhone that I had um, for him to use to... Uh, because I wanted him... He was ta- talking about he had developed a community of homeless young people that were living under a bridge or oh, something wow. like that yeah okay. and i said and he said yeah but my phone doesn't have the video this was back in 2010 and i said well no it wasn't an iphone it was uh, another cell phone that i had a nokia or something but it had the video and i said you know what i'll i'll give you my phone and you can use that you know to to make a little documentary and share your story and I didn't see him again, um, unfortunately. I don't know what happened to him. But, yeah, it, it was about that. It was like, well, even a homeless person has a phone. Most cell phones now, and now their smartphones, have uh, video. Mm-hmm. And now they pretty standard for them to come with at least HD. Right. You know? And, so. and, then, I, and then I remember a lot of my relatives in the Philippines... Yeah. They don't have telephones, but they have smartphones. That's how they stay connected. Yeah. You know, so. Or laptops. You know, you go to places. I remember a friend in Africa who was saying a lot of people here don't have laptops or, or, any, or iPads or anything, notebooks and stuff, because they're too big and you can't conceal them. And they're worried about there's a lot of theft, you know, and mm-hmm. they can't just leave stuff behind like that that will... You know, people will break into somebody's house and steal more often. I mean, I guess that's a big deal for them. So they said they they he would rather have a phone, and so would his friends, because they can check their email, their social media, and take photos and do everything on that one small unit. So. Right. And so when I saw your, your panel at the San Diego Comic Con, I was like, I have to go check this out. <laughs> this, this, this is an incredible opportunity. Uh, so my schedule had just worked out uh, that we were able to attend your panel. Yeah. So, and we've kept in touch ever since then. And well, yeah, you went out on Twitter after that. I didn't know who you were still. I remember seeing you guys after I met you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, those guys, you know. Uh, but then 
uh, Aaron went on on Twitter and said, you know, he mentioned our panel and said, you know, this was awesome. I guess you found us uh, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, somebody tweeted about our panel. How awesome (laughs) is that? And I followed you and I retweeted. And, you know, the tweets and the retweets, that's kind of like how you start connecting with people on Twitter. Right. And um, and then from there, um, I think you also, like, you went around, <laughs> you know, Instagram and then Facebook and things like that. We started connecting, and then we started opening up the conversation. And then when he invited me to the podcast, I was like, oh my God, I've never done a podcast before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that was a that was a that was a two hour podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on your podcast where it hasn't turned into two hours. We're gonna try not to do that here. I keep saying that. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of our early podcasts were like two, three hours. It's just because you know, uh, it's so in depth. I mean, it's such a real hot topic in a way. Well, I mean, once you start a conversation, and then yeah. you. you you sort of start connecting and you start to get to know your, your guest a little bit more and I don't know, it just sort of organically just yeah. evolves, you know? Yeah, because we really had not, I mean, we spoke on the phone very briefly before that first podcast. I barely knew you. I was I was really nervous because I wasn't sure what to say or how, to, how I would sound. I've never really liked the sound of my voice once it's recorded. Um, but, you know, just like I never liked seeing myself in a video or having photos of me, I've had to get used to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, I, and then I listened to the whole two hours, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I could get used to you know uh, the the whole podcast culture in a way. Because mm-hmm. uh, here we are. <laughs> well, because it's not like radio. You know, radio most of it is very scripted and. You know, we I did that in in college. It was part of the media communications um, major, and you had to program in the ads and things like that. And you know, everything was very timed and you know, very scripted, really. Mm-hmm. And you had to leave room in for the news. <laughs> Someone would come in and read the news, you know, briefly, periodically. But podcasts are so much more personal, and they are more conversational. You know, and so it is kind of like getting to know you, you know, getting to know each other. And the world is so ready for that, you know, with social media, I think, Definitely. too. So I wanted to do this podcast because a lot of the filmmakers that are all over the world, they don't always make it to San Diego to our film festival. And um, the ones that do even, we'll interview them, you know, with a phone camera, you know, of course. And do a little short video interview, but it's 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 a little bit of a it's tough to do during a film festival, you know, compared to just sitting down with them. They're at home or wherever, and we're connecting, you know, on Skype and doing the the podcast that way. And that's that's where things get really really cool. And the cool thing about podcasts is you could listen to them in your car. You could listen to them while you're like washing your clothes, working out, working out, right? Um, or reading, you know, even reading and, and uh, you could do all kinds of things or working on your graphics, mm-hmm. right, um, on the computer and, and shrink that down and listen to it. It's pretty awesome. Um, well, uh, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about 
before <laughs> this turns into an hour. Um, <laughs> I, was is, trying to, I was trying to stretch it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good. It's awesome. Um, is the film festival because Aaron was in our last film festival and we talked about the cosplayers and stuff, but I wanted to know more about what you, your experience in coming to that film festival, like um, to seeing those movies on the big screen because they were shot with phones and, and, and meeting the filmmakers and, and all that. I think for me, while I enjoyed watching the movies on the big screen, yeah, and I was totally impressed because for me, I'm a big supporter of what you're trying to do. But you know, I've always, I haven't, you know, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not particularly shy or anything, but I'm more reserved. And when I first started doing the podcast, you know, I wasn't sure how it was really going to go. Um, but as I started to do more and more of it, like I started to enjoy it, you yeah. know. And the, the whole, you know, connecting with people and and hearing their stories and and seeing their perspectives on on, on different things. That's that's what intrigues me. And so when I was at I was at the uh, International Mobile Film Festival, I loved meeting the filmmakers and just talking to them, getting getting to know them over the course of two days. Uh, I was, you know, and now we're we're Facebook friends with with, with a lot of them now. Yeah. So, and it's nice seeing you know where what, what they're up to because um, you had someone from from Germany, Maite Ma and uh, Aris from from Canada. Uh, you had Brian from from Australia. Uh, it, it's just incredible, you know. Yeah. And it is a global, you know, community. Yeah, and actually, Brian. Speaking of Brian, that's what he was saying too: is how well we connected with each other there in that environment. I've been to film festivals before where the audience doesn't really connect with the filmmakers mm -hmm. as a standard, and um, and I can understand, you know, if. You know, like, I don't know, Tom Cruise or something like that. You know, he's like, no, keep me away from the audience, you know, or something. I don't even know if he would do that. I'm just assuming, you know. <laughs> um, but for for the cool thing about these, these film festivals, especially while they're small like that, is like, well, even at Comic-Con, right? Where the stars, you know, the big name stars are a little bit on secluded and, you know, I mean, they don't want to be in a mob. You know what I'm saying? So, in a film festival environment like this, um, the networking part is is really important, and to keep the filmmakers close with everybody. And then we did the Q and A, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and there was really no dis, no huge distance between the panel on the Q and A and where the audience was. Right. So you you're a part of that, like really. Um, and so, what was what were some other things that you like to point out about the film festival that that you liked? Well, I mean, I mean, don't tell me anything you didn't like, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the variety of films. I mean, you had, uh, you know, oh, it's just it's just incredible to see what you know somebody would would think of as, as, as a story or a concept, and how they would sort of bring it to fruition using a phone. Uh, I mean, obviously, the same, you know. Uh, uh, precepts and, and you know things you bring as a filmmaker apply, but technically you know there are some different things you need to sort of take into account. Uh, so you know just I don't know. I mean the like Aris is uh, the the how to what was it called the <laughs> how I became a movie murder yeah. movie theater murderer. Right. I mean it was like I mean first of all that concept right. you know 
and, and and second of all, just how he executed it, and uh, you know, and and all the span with the like it's about five minutes, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was just impressed, and also uh, the uh, the uh, figment. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that was such an incredible. I mean, that's like I first of all being a, a graphic designer, that movie, the uh, like the, the beginning and end title credits. Was just amazing, the, yeah. the the attention to detail, you know. I, I love that movie. Even even though the subject matter is really dark, just just the, the attention to detail, the high quality, you know. And the music. Yeah, the music. The music in the beginning reminded me of the opening of Lord of the Rings or something. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Just yeah. because it had that fairy taleish kind of epic movie coming on. Right. You know. I mean, to me, that's like something that I would probably try to aim for in terms yeah. of like just. Like I said, attention and detail, and, and this, this is a, just the beginning and title credits. Because uh, being a designer, uh, I love a lot of uh, Saul Bass's stuff, yeah. and Saul Bass. If, if an audience, I'm sure an audience knows about that, uh, about him. But he's a designer uh, who worked on a lot of Alfred Hitchcock's movies. Um, for me, uh, I think one of the things that sort of pushed me to graphic design was Saul Bass's uh, beginning and end title credits for uh, West Side Story. Oh, so if you watch West Side yeah. Story, I mean, as as a person, I think I might have been like in sixth grade, but that movie made an impression on me. Uh, I mean, obviously for now, Natalie Wood, right? But also for the beginning and title credits, because I could just watch that movie and just go to the beginning and go to the end and just watch those sequences. Wow. So they're, they're, they're just so badass, you know? Yeah, there's there's been a few movies like that. I can't remember. I'm trying to think well, about like, the name of well, the. Well, the next one that sort of in its in, in its sort of. Uh, uh, evolution and lineage would be uh, yeah. Kyle Cooper's Seven. So Seven is well known as having awesome yep. beginning and title credits. Well, I like it when their beginning and the and the end credits um, are almost like it's showcasing something on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, they're, they're pretty much like movies in itself. Yeah, yeah, and and there are some of them that are like music videos mm-hmm. all by themselves, yeah. and they're incorporating. Different images and um, like Sin City type. Mm-hmm. Of I mean, they're so important because yeah. they, they can they can potentially set the tone for the whole movie. Oh, I know, I know. Um, yeah, and and the whole point is to keep people engaged instead of, all right, it's over. I can feel the credits coming mm-hmm. on. Get up and go away. And that's also the concept of you know having a, an Easter egg at the end. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. which. Which is now common. And, and well, just to go back to to the to the movies in, in your film festival, um, and it's also interesting to oh, see. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's also in- interesting to see like uh, what uh, what's influencing people in different parts of the, the world. Like in Australia, there's a big suicide, you know, thing going yeah. on. And a lot of the movies, you know, deal with with that subject matter. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's sad, but it's. It's, it's it's interesting to to see that that perspective. Yeah, and I, that's what I liked about Express. It exp- it expressed that <laughs> uh, in a really unique way. And I think his film was also very short. I think it was like only three minutes or something like that too. Mm-hmm. And and that's the whole point uh, where this is coming through, where it's it's really giving us. There's no time like you. It I think it takes more skill to showcase a story and, and put out a message um, with something that short 
as compared to, you know, you have two hours to right. really explain the whole thing. Um, and, and that goes into it. Also, the cinematography on where, what you're going to keep and how you're going to cut the film and everything has a lot to do with it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but really interesting. Anything else you want to say about the film festival? I mean, did you, um, I mean, outside of the red carpet and, the, and all that, uh, when you were watching the films, you know, I was told by somebody, you know, every single film was actually pretty even the worst of them mm-hmm. like as as if there could be right mm-hmm. were actually good yeah you know I was, I was impressed with the the, the the crop of films that, that you selected for the, yeah. For the festival yeah that's the because I, I know when I first started this people just thought I was just going to get like birthday parties and real like silly you know dorky things but they're not videos they're actual films you know um and they have a purpose they say something that's why i have to watch them a few times before i make a decision (laughs) um well uh you know also meeting people uh also we didn't mention claudino he came from chile i was about to mention yeah yeah. oh you were okay sorry (laughs) uh but claudino uh, was from Chile. You get, you know, somebody from Germany, somebody from Australia, Canada. And then remember, uh, there was Anthony's daughter. She was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Also sharing this platform with, with all these other filmmakers. Um, and, and a lot and of them what, were professionals. It, yeah, and what impressed me about her is that the subject matter of, of her movie. Yeah. I mean, bullying. Yeah. I mean, out of all the things that, uh, uh, you know. She could have selected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, and she did it in a really unique way. With you stop know? action. Yeah. yeah. So um, and then there was Mickey, who was like 82 mm-hmm. years old, right. and we have the youngest and the oldest. Yeah. You know, it's a good little and mix right there. Yeah, I loved it. I really, really, really enjoyed that. Probably more than anybody because that was my dream in a way to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, let me see. Now, I'm going to throw this on you. Don't. Don't even look at my <laughs> notes or anything. So you haven't made a film, no. right, with your phone. Not yet. But I would say that you are a video producer in a way uh, using your phone. Because when you were on the red carpet, uh, you, you know, you shot, uh, well, you didn't shoot. <laughs> it's how we say it. But you uh, interviewed the filmmakers mm-hmm. on the red carpet. And you were going to do them for your for your podcast, and that is going to come out at some point. Um, but you surprised me because you also created videos out of them, and you shot them with your smartphone. And you have been doing that uh, with some of your podcasts, where you're shooting your interviews, um, and I've seen some on your website, on your social media, mm-hmm. from the comic cons itself. So you're in a way a mobile film producer, in a way, right? Yeah, uh, and well, specifically for your event, we were, you know, obviously we had never really touched video that much, but um, I specifically told Alex, you know, we should do it with our smartphone because it is a festival about making movies with your mobile device. So uh, I thought it was appropriate that we did shoot video with with a smartphone. Uh, And and it's so much easier, too. Um, You you have it on there and you can, uh, you know, just either put some of it on, on social media really quick or just download it and edit it later. 
so uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to, to do it uh, that way uh, in honor of, of your show. And so since then, uh, all the other uh, conventions that we've been going to or maybe uh, if there's a, uh, an artist signing, uh, we've been doing video like, and, and you know, short, short video uh, interviews. But you're doing something which a lot of um, people are not aware of, which they, they look around and they're trying to figure out how to do, and that is how to provide great sound using the video on their phone. So oh. how are you doing that? Well, obviously you need to use a decent microphone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the microphone that we usually use to record is the ones that we're using for this podcast. Yeah. Episode. Well, they sound a lot better than mine, I can tell you that. <laughs> You'll hear it in the podcast. Um, also, there's something to connect the microphones. Oh, yeah. We do, the we, do, we do use a... Well, for, for our podcast, uh, uh, Susie does her a lot of her podcast interviews uh, using Skype. Um, we haven't really gone that, that road yet because um, for me, I prefer having face-to-face conversations. Uh, so we connect our microphones to a digital recorder. I'm using the Tascam. Uh, I think it's like the... Uh, I forgot the exact model. Probably like a, a D40 or something T-A-S-K. like that. T-A-S... C-A-M. Yeah, Tascam. Uh, it's the DR40. Um, there's also, uh, you know, there's other models out there and other makes. Um, but we, we saw, I saw this one because it was affordable. It has two uh, uh, inputs for, you know, XLR cables. Um, you can hook it up to a monitor, you know. So, it, you know. Do you just have one of those or do you have more, like, sometimes I've seen you with, like, well, I remember when we did that podcast, there were, like, Four or five oh, of us if, or if, if we have four people, then I'll use a splitter for the XLR uh, cables. Okay. So it, it kind of like uh, uh, degrades the sound a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's a podcast, so you don't need to have, like, super, super high quality. You hardly uh, notice those things unless you're really... You right. Know. I mean, I, I notice. Just well, because you know. you're an audiophile, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for, for most intents and purposes, uh, for internet, you know, play, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's decent. And now, how much how much does something like that cost if somebody wants to get uh, one? The, the task cam is, I believe, it's less. It's probably like maybe 150 bucks. That's now. That's not bad. It also has maybe less than 200. Its own uh, oh. microphone. Yeah, they, they, they have little microphone inputs on top, but I've used them on, on a few occasions. They're not that. I would I wouldn't recommend great, huh? it. Uh, even because like it picks up uh, like when you're holding it, yeah. it picks up the sound of your your, your oh, fingers. Oh, it's very sensitive. Yeah, it's pretty sensitive. Wow. So you need to either have it like. Uh, hooked up to something that's like not touching your body, so there's no right. movement, uh, or just you know connect XLR cables uh, to the to the unit, and you should be okay. That's not bad. Because yeah. hmm. I've seen uh, things like that that are like you know in the hundreds, uh, so that's good. Um, so so that's what you do. But um, so now I'm going to put you on the spot. So uh-huh. are you thinking about making a, a mobile film at any point? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, some point in my life, I would I would love to. In your life, <laughs> in this life, no. yeah, uh, yeah. It would probably maybe be either a uh, documentary of some sort, or uh, I don't know. I'm still mulling over some other ideas. Uh, I, in the course of doing my my podcast, uh, the Hall Eight Show, uh, interviewing all these different creators, um, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, getting to hear, you know, their journey, what they do. And, I mean, one reason we, we did the podcast is to help uh, put the spotlight on them. Right. Uh, but it's also 
in a way to sort of get ideas for us because for my for myself um, I, I sort of I want to write something like a, either a comic book or a short story and and just develop it you know as, as you know either make it into a, a show or something like that um, but I do want to write something um, yeah. and, and, and talking to all these uh, independent comic book creators and seeing how they you know they, they go from start to finish they go from start to Kickstarter to having their, their end product it's yeah. like it's, it's incredible to like hear how they do it and uh, of course they're all talented to begin with um, and I haven't really touched or, or really gone down the path of a, of a writer yet but it's something that I've been toying with in the back of my mind and I, I definitely want to want to do it well one thing I learned when I you know I did video production since 1998 I just totally aged myself but um, I was in college okay <laughs> um, but when I was doing that the one thing that I realized and this is very educational uh, why you know I try and get in touch with schools and you know for kids uh, to show them that there is a big difference I mean it's great that you know a child can learn how to write an essay and do research that way but when they write something down and they turn in that essay most likely they're going to forget about it you know where in a documentary and it's even been my own experience um, you learn a lot from interviewing people and researching whatever it is that you're doing your documentary about and then you have to capture b-roll uh, you know other video images and things like that to show while you're interviewing somebody that's connected to what they're talking about mm -hmm. and that process in itself is highly educational you don't forget um, like picture yourself you know you got to call the plumber right you don't know anything about plumbing mm -hmm. but you got to call the plumber so you can either show him where the kitchen is and where to fix it and what the problem is and walk away or you can hang out and most people will hang out and you're talking to the plumber and the plumber is under the sink but he's talking and he's sharing things and you're asking him questions and he's sharing more information And you're asking him more questions about, oh, and you must get this a lot in your job, and you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he's telling you things. And all of a sudden, you know about copper fittings, some of the, you know, you know things about plumbing from that interview, which is an interview with a plumber. And now you know more about plumbing than, than you can ever re need to know, right? Because of that one conversation interview with the plumber, you get to do a documentary about plumbing now, right. <laughs> and so and that's why I think it's very educational. And the podcasting, and me even over the years with the film festival itself. I mean, when I have conversations with filmmakers making movies with films and things like that, I get to learn a lot from that process. So you get to learn that way. And um, I would imagine that if you did a documentary, I mean, you could already start doing that by you have interviews, but to add to that some of the backstage stuff, right, uh, of what they're going through, even setting, setting themselves up for, uh, you know, going to a Comic-Con event, exhibiting and, and all that, right? Mm -hmm. And you can put all those pieces together and create a documentary. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's funny you mentioned Comic Con, but uh, I mean the, the the working title in my head that I had was uh, uh, it's, it'd be called I Am Comic Con, 
Oh, cool. So, uh, and and it wasn't either, either it'd be like one. You do it like Ozzy Osbourne. I am Comic Con. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, maybe I can get him to, to perform it. So. But yeah, because there's, there's different, all sorts of different people that come to Comic Con for different reasons. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm a content creator. You know, yeah. Uh, there's cosplayers. There's yeah, I love the cosplayers. Yeah, there's there's uh, people in Artist Alley, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, you have even even just maybe taking to account here in the perspective of the people who are behind the scenes. Yep. You know, people that uh, uh, work the panels. Uh, you know, the vendors. I don't know, but uh, there's different perspectives that you can sort of. Uh, uh, we should hang out next time next year because. Yeah. Um, I did. I interviewed with uh, just by having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I interviewed some of the cosplayers with my phone and everything, and did a little video on that. I remember. But aside from that, I was talking to the people working there as well, from security volunteers and just anybody because I'm very, I can't cross paths with people without having conversations. It's really uh-huh. hard. Uh-huh. Um, I even sat down somewhere to charge my phone for a little bit, and I was sitting next to this guy and. We had an entire conversation about what it used to be like uh, before all the safety precautions took place, mm. and now, you know. Yeah, definitely, when it comes to cosplaying, mm-hmm. they're really being more strict on, yeah. on what you can bring. I mean, like, even fake guns or... And they had to attach... Uh, I think this guy had some kind of a sword thing, and mm-hmm. he said, I had to attach it to my wrist. I was like, I can't do mm-hmm. anything... Now, or yeah, like and he said, and I, I can't, this makes it very hard for me to eat and drink and, you know, all this stuff with this thing dangling from my wrist all the time just because, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and the lines, you know, and all those perspectives. Um, yeah, it's so much that goes into, and that's true with any event in any situation. Uh, just if we were to walk out on the street right now and talk to different people, um, you get all these different perspectives about what their day is like, and it's the same day. We're all on this same moment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, can you think of anything else you might want to pr- uh, talk about real quick? Um, I guess as it sort of pertains to uh, uh, smart making movies on a smartphone, I mean, I, I guess I wanted to ask you, I mean, you've been at the forefront for, for so many years now. <laughs> I mean, what, how do you think the future's going to be like in the next, like, maybe three years? Well, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about is the future, because uh-huh. we're ending the year, right? <laughs> um, I actually really think it's just going to keep going mainstream. I think more and more people are going to get involved. Um, uh, one of our latest episodes included um, Brian McLean, who's coming from New York, and he shot an entire feature film using Hollywood actors. And I think we're going to see more of that happening and more people wanting to get involved. Uh, involved. You know, if you remember back in the day <laughs> when uh, people were publishing books, self-publishing. So, so basically, like, Hollywood actors won't think that they're slumming it by, right? by, doing, mobile, <laughs> by, by doing mobile movies. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They'll start, to, I mean, it's all about respect. So, like, in publishing books, a self-publisher didn't have that, that much of a respect because oh, you weren't being published by, you know, a big house, big uh, publishing house, right? And now you see, you know, a lot of uh, famous people who are self-publishing. 
and they're okay with that. They're not downgrading their professionalism by self-publishing. And I would say, and that's the same with music, the music industry. On that flip side, the independent industry, the the do-it-yourselves and all that is actually paralleling that as far as like a following is concerned. Mm -hmm. So that respect, um, I don't know if I would say that it's devalued respect. I think what has happened is that more people in the arts especially are willing to respect people who are not mainstream and and that's becoming and that's always been the case you know but it's been more underground than on the foreground before and i think that social media has a lot to do with that where it's more visible mm-hmm. you know where you know like punk rock for example was an underground thing and you know, yeah, if you talk to a bunch of teenagers and young people, you'd know, you know, all these punk bands. But you talk to mainstream people, like, who, what, you know? But now it's all up, up, it's all in the open now, you know? And you can see the following, you know, that the that these people have. So, yeah. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what the net neutrality, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> uh, we'll see how, how that works out. I mean, not to say that... Um, there's always there's always going to be a way you know what i mean even if that were to happen we'll find a way right yeah i mean uh, to, basically if, if you if you do good work and you're authentic then hopefully i think yeah. your audience will find you yeah well you know i have faith in people <laughs> and in what people can do when they connect and when they support each other and what they can create and um, I think people can overcome a lot when, they're, when they join together. Um, but I would say, I mean, I wouldn't want to say, let's have mobile filmmaking be the next Hollywood industry. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, that would take away from the whole purpose of it at the same time. I would say more of connecting it together. Kind of like in, in my film festival where you're seeing all the different ages, all the different people from different countries, different genres of filmmaking, all coming together in one platform. And no one disrespected any anybody else for however their film turned out or whether they won or they didn't win or how they made theirs compared. I mean, look, Anthony is very big on the Android, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm, I'm in love with the iPhone, right? But... My film festival accepts films from Androids and Windows phones. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a phone. It's got to be a phone. And, um, you know, there's no disrespect between him and myself because, oh, you're making your movies on the Android. You're always boasting about Android and, you know, and things like that when I'm more in the iPhone. And I find that in this community uh, a lot. And I also find that in filmmakers in general believe it or not, um, when they get together, they're more oodling about each other's gear and the cameras. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to your festival, like Anthony was talking to, uh, you know, other filmmakers, yeah. you know, they're looking at the phone, oh yeah, and they was saying, oh, this is how I, I, pr- I produce, like, I don't do post, I do within my phone. I was like, yeah. it was really interesting to, to watch those conversations. Yeah. yeah, and everybody's learning from each other, and um, everybody enjoys having those conversations about how someone does something different than how you do it and it opens up your creativity that way Mm -hmm. and connecting like that exactly so i believe that it'd be great and i and i could see it almost happening where the hollywood 
uh, you know, I mean, Hollywood, I mean, ideally you would say, oh, Hollywood is like a gazillion people. It's not. It really is quite a small uh, niche in a way. There are more people in independent film that are involved in independent filmmaker than are actual celebrities in Hollywood. Um, But there's a huge competition of people trying to get into Hollywood as compared to people trying to get into independent filmmaking. Well, I think I think one huge factor also yeah. is that when you think of Hollywood, you think of the big studios, right? Right. And that's, 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 that's where the funding comes from. Yeah. But in today's world, you have Kickstarter, you have GoFundMe. Yeah. You can fund. You can you can get funding for your own projects from the general public. You don't yeah, have to go. Yeah, but then, but that's that's the independent filmmaking. Right, part, right, right. That's right. not the Hollywood. Well, I mean, going back to your your uh, your, your statement about how uh, there'd be a lot of other uh, traditional Hollywood people who are starting to do mobile mobile movies. Yeah. Because they don't have to wait for Hollywood anymore. The, the studios. Yeah, but they still like for an actor, for example, right? Um, we were talking about the Screen Actors Guild SAG, mm. right? So they can't, it's a union, right? So they can't really work for an independent film unless that independent filmmaker um, is able to get the approval from SAG to use those filmmakers, and then they can come on board. Well, that's what Brian McLean did. He was able to work with SAG to include those Hollywood filmmakers. So, yeah, those filmmakers would... um, they also have to be open to it themselves. Obviously, it's not like they're on call for the union, <laughs> you know. Um, but to have those things merging together to where both the filmmaker, the I mean, the actor and SAG are willing to come together and say, yes, you can do this, you know, with an independent filmmaker who's working with a phone. That is going to be, and that's already starting to take place. And... Um, that's going to be awesome, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and again, I think having really good actors, and I say again because I've said it before but not actually here, but having really good actors to convey your story through film is also, it, it brings up the quality of your film. Sure. Um, you know, it's yes, it's the story, of course, and that's what sells, you know, the actor and that's what captivates the audience but if you don't have I mean I guess in a way it's it's a, it's the well, balancing of I, a few different I, I things think it, I think it's sort of similar to uh, uh, there's a there's a, a writer creator comic book creator that I interviewed his name is David Pepose. Yeah. Uh, you should look him up because uh, if there's anybody that's you know that are huge fans of remember Calvin and Hobbes Oh yeah. yeah. And remember the movie Sin City? How do you spell his last name? Uh, Pepose. P E P O S E. Okay. Uh, I think he goes by uh, Pepposed on, on Twitter. But uh, I mean I love his his uh, his uh, his story. Uh, it's called Spencer and Locke. It's like, you know, sort of like what if he has he has like this awesome oh, tagline. Yeah. It's uh, what if Calvin and Hobbes grew up in Sin City? That's what Spencer and Locke is. <laughs> nice. So uh, I remember I was at one of his panels, and he said, yeah, you know, writing is important, but what brings in, what, what, what hooks people is the art. And the characters, Yeah, right? yeah. So, so if, if I can draw an analogy between, between that and what you just said, yeah. you know, yeah, stories are important, but actors, they visual, visually, that. yeah, yeah, you know, it's, that's, that's equally or even more so just yeah. because, you know, because yeah. we're all we're visual people. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really fine line dividing those things, you know what I'm saying? 
Uh, but generally still, you, I mean, I, I always preach, if, if you call it preaching, <laughs> the story, it's the story, it's the story. But that's, that's like the base, mm-hmm. you know, like the foundation, Exactly. Uh, I would say it's a story. And then it, it evolves from there. But you want the quality to be good. Like, for example, when you're, you're building, a, if you're going to build a Lamborghini, you're not going to put, you know, some cheap engine or some cheap tires on it type of a thing. What makes up the whole... Lamborghini is my favorite. Um, what makes up that whole awesome car, right, is all the individual parts put together being high quality. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you're going to make a gourmet meal, right, you and it's seafood, you wouldn't throw sh- fish sticks in there, right? <laughs> no matter how great that sauce is. <laughs> so... So, anyways, yeah. Um, all right, we've. Um, I don't want to go into like a whole two-hour episode. We're probably am already doing that. <laughs> but we do have uh, we do have a game that we play on oh, no. each one of my podcasts. So <laughs> don't say, "Oh no, this is awesome." <laughs> so it's called the uh, shout-out time. All right. Okay, so you have 20 seconds mm-hmm. here for what? <laughs> to sing? No, we're going to watch him dance on a podcast. Um, <laughs> we're going to have, uh, we're going to ask you to shout out, give a shout out to 20, in 20 seconds to whomever, whatever you'd like to say. So are you, do you have something in mind already? Sure. Okay, great. I'm going to wing it, but. You know. Well, you got to wing it. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me hungry. <laughs> All right, so. Are you ready? You're set? I'm set. Go. All right. Well, uh, since we just celebrated our first year uh, anniversary of our podcast, i got to throw a shout-out to uh, Sully from uh, the Nerd Food Podcast because he gave me so much information uh, for our podcast. I also want to sh- send a shout-out to our first guest, Tony Kim, uh, creator for Comic-Con. He is the creator of Hero Within. Uh, he sh- he's shown the light of what you can... Oh, wow. That was fast. Oh, it's 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, obviously, you're too slow to name everybody. No, I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> I'm not expecting any awards, so I'm not, you know. <laughs> but but just if I could finish off uh, uh, Tony Kim, he was our first podcast guest. Huh. Uh, and and, and when, when it comes to sort of like uh, pop culture and conventions, yeah. he's at the forefront of uh, showing us how to uh, sort of uh, build a business around our fandoms. So, so he's 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 a designer like myself, yeah. And uh, he's parlayed that skill set and his love for pop culture and comic books, and he's he has a line of um, of men's clothing uh, that's officially licensed by DC Comics. Man, I love stories like this. Yeah. And, and he's sort of segueing, uh, sort of doing a collaboration with I, be, I believe uh, L. Hoffer Designs. Uh, she makes uh, mostly uh, geek fashion for women, yeah. and they're starting to collaborate. So there's a there's a remember year- when we were kids, mm. like if we would have told our parents, well, I did. <laughs> you know, I want to be an artist. No, you're you're gonna die. You're gonna be broke. You're gonna be homeless, right? Yeah. Um, but if you were a kid and you said. I want to work in the comic books, you know. I want to. I want to be a superhero. I want to, you know. And you know, you can't shun a kid down for what they dream to do. That this is now an industry. Mm-hmm. People are actually making a living off this stuff. Yeah, and if I could just sort of uh, uh, give a few more shout-outs. Uh, 
well, fine, go ahead and cheat your way out of this. <laughs> well, I mean, this is important because of what we do, what I do as a podcaster. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's a there's a, a husband and wife team. Yeah. They they created their own comic book. And what's important about this story is because when we first started our podcast last year, yeah. And as we were starting to gain, God, it's uh, only been a year. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and as we started to gain a reputation, yeah. As a, a podcast for for comic book creators and independent creators specifically. They contacted us, and uh, so me and Alex drove up to uh, L.A. and we did a podcast at a Jerry's Deli. And it was their podcast. No, no, they they, they asked to be on our podcast. Oh, so I, I see. So I thought that was incredible because at the time they were doing a Kickstarter for the yeah. com- for their comic book, and their comic book is called Jupiter Jet, and uh, they they went through the oh, whole. I've seen that. Yeah, they had they just went through the whole thing. The uh, it's been produced by uh, Action Lab Comics. And uh, they had issue number one come out this week. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram, mm. actually. Yeah. And I loved the. It was very eye-catching, the, the illustration that I saw for that. Yeah, it's an awesome story. And, uh, I mean, we just love uh, connecting and interviewing people like that. Um, next weekend, I'm going up uh, with Alex uh, with uh, my friend Keith and Jones. Uh, Keith and Jones is the, uh, the owner of the uh, comic book publisher Kid Comics. And he has his own comic book, uh, nice. The Power Knights. Uh, he's, he's based on in San Diego. But we're going up to L.A. Uh, he's having a, uh, uh, an event in February called uh, Black Comics Day 2018. Cool. So we're going up to L.A. to sort of uh, connect with other uh, black comic book creators who are going to be participating in this event. Yeah. So we're going to do like a big, huge podcast up there. Why uh, don't you give everybody your... your um is it hallh.com? Yeah, our website is hallh.com, and um, our social media uh, accounts uh, are sort of spelled out. It's hallh.com. Uh, so that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, the same um, one. Okay. And then yeah, and then I have my own personal one too, which I sort of use as a signal boost uh, right. for Hall H. It's uh, Aaron Nabus. That's A A R O N N A B U S, and I. I I mostly use it as, like I said, as a signal boost for Hall H. I'm doing pop culture and comic book related stuff, but I also uh, do a lot of uh, graphic design, social media, uh, uh, marketing uh, type uh, posts as well. So yeah, yeah. And by the way, you're wearing your International Mobile Film Festival T-shirt, mm-hmm. yeah. which is it, as soon as you walked in and I saw that, I was like, oh my oh. god, that's awesome. Oh, and I. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't mention another thing that uh, we are passionate about. It's called uh, Comic Con Fit. Yes. So, it's, so I, I sort of manage I sort of manage three social media uh, accounts or identities. Uh, so HallH.com, my personal one, and also Comic Con Fit. And what Comic Con Fit is is basically a community of uh, like-minded geeks and nerds who uh, try to be fit year-round so they can go to all these conventions and, and enjoy themselves because. I mean, the last thing you want to do is be, you know, not physically fit to, to do. <laughs> be completely out of breath. Just, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. people don't realize. Like, for from, from myself, yeah. for the last two or three years at San Diego Comic Con, it's like a, you know, a four or five day you event. You walk miles. Yeah, I, I walk 32 yeah. miles. Yeah. You know. I mean, just running through the whole um, thing. Yeah. And, and you know what happens, too, is so you get to one end, right? And, um, I mean, you walk through all the halls, mm-hmm. right? from A all the way down to the last one. What is that, like F or something like that? I, I lost By the count. stairway or whatever. <laughs> G, I can't remember. H, well, H, H, H is at the G, end. So. F, yeah, well, whatever. Anyway, uh-huh. Z. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get a text from somebody. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're over here by 
call D. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ugh. <laughs> now you got to walk all the way back over there, you right. know, type of a thing. Right. And then once you go inside through the exhibit, you're zigzagging your way through there. So when you look at, I don't know what people have in Andro- Androids, I, I'm supposing Anthony would know. <laughs> but, you know, on your step thing mm-hmm. on the iPhone and you look at the end of the day, you're going, whoa. Oh, I got 20,000 steps. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> well, and, and you can do the miles on there and you can check and yeah. it's a lot. Like 10,000 know? steps is probably roughly yeah. five miles. I and that's not even yeah. counting the blocks that you have to walk to wherever you found parking because not everybody can afford the $3,000 parking. And not to mention the after parties. I, I think oh, I, yeah. I, I think I might have danced like an extra 10,000, <laughs> 12,000 steps. Do you do break dancing? I love break dancing. <laughs> I, I end up breaking myself. <laughs> I can't dance, but I love watching uh, break dancers. I think that's awesome. <laughs> you break yourself, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I break everything around it, <laughs> around me. So, um, yeah, so I guess we should uh, conclude this before it gets to be too long. <laughs> and so we can keep talking without this. But um, lastly, I'm going to give a shout out to you. Oh. Because, uh, you're, I mean, your creative spirit is, is infectious. And, like, and I love just watching, you know, how you're developing, uh, you know, the International uh, Mobile Film Festival. And also, you know, everything else that you're, you're doing as an advocate for making movies on the mobile device. Okay, well then in that rate, I'm going to give a shout out to Aaron <laughs> for, for everything and for motivating me and inspiring me to do my own podcast um, and doing some trial runs with me here at Lestats a few times as well. Um, but also um, because uh, on our uh, couple weekends ago, we went out to the park and Aaron oh, yeah. got to shoot um, I sort of hired him, sort of. <laughs> yeah, she, to, she, she paid me with a fish burrito. Right? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> to do a, uh, a, uh, a video, an intro video for, for our Patreon page. Um, and that is at www.patreon.com SBP podcast. The reason why I'm saying that is because uh, we're going to sign off here. But I'm going to ask Aaron one really cool question, and that's going to be like bonus for our patrons, patrons um, on Patreon. <laughs> so, um, so you'll have to subscribe uh, in order to do that, and uh, and I mean to access that. So uh, we'll sign off now. And thank you again, Aaron. Well, thank you. It's been awesome. a pleasure. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Peace, cheers. Talk to you later. That was fun. And so was 2017, right? Don't forget to listen to the bonus episode on our Patreon page where we talk with Aaron about all you need to know to be ready for Comic-Con in San Diego. It's going to be a lot of tips and a lot of advice from a pro Comic-Con guy, Aaron. After you listen to it, you will be a pro ready to attend the next Comic-Con. You'll find the bonus episode with Aaron at www.patreon.com slash sbppodcast. See you there.